Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Golf practice podcast. My name is Andy Hayes, and I am joined by no one. I'm joined. I'm all by myself. Um, in the country of Scotland, I'm in the town of St Andrews. I just got back from walking around the old course, and I'm sitting in this apartment building that we rented through an Airbnb. And I'm going to uh, record the first part of of the Scotland travel log. Um, this is part one. I'm hopefully going to do one of these every day, where I talk about talk about the trip that I'm on, the courses I'm playing, uh, any stories that, you know, may be relevant. One of my favorite podcasts, the Ryan Orsillo podcast, and he just did a travelogue on his trip to Iceland. Well, he's a much better speaker than me and he's very famous, but I was still inspired and I thought it might be an interesting thing to do. Um, at the very least, if, if nobody likes this, I'll at least have it as kind of a memento uh, for myself that I can look back on. Um, anyway, I'm in Scotland. It's August 17th. This is, this is actually my third time in Scotland. The first time I went to Scotland was in 2018. And I went there because my wife, Jenny Hayes, uh, she studied abroad there when she was in, in college. And she always wanted to go back. So we saved up for a long time so we could go. Um, and we went on a trip to Scotland for two weeks. It wasn't necessarily a golf trip. Um, and it, we were kind of going all over the country. Um, it was kind of going back to this place that she wanted to go to, but I, I like to play golf. And so I decided we'd try a few courses there. I uh, really had no, like no expectations for what it would be like. Um, in 2018, I had just started working at golf practice. I was, um, you know, I wasn't even giving private lessons yet. I, uh, you know, was working only in like camps and kids programs. I, I, I was working, it was like a part-time job. I didn't know that golf was going to be kind of going to be my thing it was kind of in between in between stops um at least until this trip um in 2018 we played actually a few courses we played north barrack which was my favorite course i ever played in my life um i had a caddy named andy and i shot even par i believe it was the most one of the most memorable rounds i've ever had um that was my first round in scotland it was really my first round ever outside of the united states we also played Crail, we played Brora, King's Barnes, and the new course, um, a new course in St. Andrews. Um, what was so special about this trip, it really kind of like changed like the course of my life, like the path of my life. It, it showed me that golf, uh, golf is different and much, much bigger than I thought it was. That, that, that golf as kind of this, um, I don't know, this scorekeeping game that, that we make it in America where it's like maybe a better version of bowling. Um, that, that, that's not all that it is. Uh, the, seeing these courses, like the Lynx courses, the Lynx, the land that the Lynx is on, it, it's, it's called Lynx land because it links the, um, the town to the sea. It's like the land in between the town and the sea. And so every town kind of has their Lynx land and their Lynx course. And it's really sandy and there's lots of undulation and it's in this, place where where they can't build anything on it because the soil is too sandy and they can't farm on it because nothing would grow on it. And so it's almost like like golf is the only thing that you could do on this land. And it's almost like golf is something that, that wasn't wasn't created. It was like discovered. Like golf was always meant to be played um kind of in these places. And so like playing golf is is like participating in this thing that's just been going on for so long. Um it, yeah, I get it. Opened my eyes to like to history, to connection with the course and the earth, and uh, there's so many things. Like it, like it, it made me really experience like the mystery and the wonder of golf, and I really have never stopped um, experiencing it since then. Um, so I loved, loved that trip so much. We decided to go back the next year. No kids yet. It's easy to travel, get away. That was in tw- so 2019. This was more of a golf trip. We stayed in a different part of the 
country. We stayed in East Lothian, um, where we played Dunbar, Northbury East course, and Kilspindy. And then went to St. Andrews, where we played the Eden course, London Lynx, and Ely. Um, and so this trip was a little bit different, because I kind of knew what I was getting into. Like, I knew what the courses would be like, even though, like, this time we were playing different courses. Um, but it really, it just, like, felt like an adventure. Like, it was so much more exciting, because there's the anticipation of planning the courses, planning the trip, um, and, and just having a better idea of, like, what was going to happen, like, when we got there. Um, and, and when I, when I write all this down and, and talk about, talk it out, it sounds kind of crazy because, because we were planning then to go the, the year after that, 2020. So it would have been three years in a row, um, which just doesn't seem feasible, um, thinking back to it, but it was, we, we had a trip like locked up and paid for with eight people, including my wife, my brother, my dad, lots of good friends. Um, but you know, unfortunately COVID happened and the trip was canceled, um, which was unfortunate. Got our money back, um, luckily. And yeah, it was really, I, my, I was excited to go with my, like, with my family and to show them this place, my brother and my dad. Um, you know, later, later that year, my dad passed away, like, unexpectedly. And so um, I guess that kind of brings us to this trip, um, 2022. At the end of June, my brother and I were, like, just, like, looking at flights, and we saw, like, the prices were reasonable at this time um and so like we just go like it's only two months away but but whatever we'll figure it out we're gonna go and so we kind of had the same itinerary uh that we had um, when we were supposed to go um in 2020 with, with a lot of friends and and my dad and so um i think part of this trip is like a trip with my dad um if that makes sense i'm still trying to figure that part out jenny when and my wife, Jenny Hayes, she was like, you should go, like, you should go on this trip. Like, I feel like you need to go. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, it's, you know, it was a trip with your dad. And so she, a trip with your dad that you never, like, went on. There's, like, almost something unresolved about it. And so, um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, and there's these, like, Jewish holidays where they leave a, a chair open at the dinner table for, like, Elijah in case Elijah comes back. Because I guess Elijah, like, never died or something. So maybe it's, like, we're traveling here and there's like a space there's like a space for my dad um and he never went so um so yeah excited about that um a little bit sleepy didn't sleep last night on the airplane it's all right though um i have notes of expectations what expectations do i have for this trip so i guess like the first the first scotland trip i had like no expectations Second trip, I was, like, very – I, like, knew what I was getting into and, like, was very excited for the golf we were going to play. Um, and then I was third time. It's, like, I've kind of experienced it all, but we're still, like, going back. Maybe it's, like, going back to see what, you know, what is still there. Um, I don't – I don't really have any scoring expectations. I mean, you get to these holes and there's just going to be a hole that's 190 yards to this tiny green with 30 miles an hour wind with pot bunkers all over and it's like, well, good luck. But like, you know, really like trying to get upset over making a double bogey on that hole is just, it's just not going to happen. Um, so, um, that's not why I'm here. Um, I don't know. Golf in the kingdom keeps coming back to me. That's like the best book about maybe Scott golf in Scotland, like, like a search for the soul and the mystery of, of the game. Um, like golf, golf is a place to practice fascination. Golf's a place to learn about, to develop yourself. And I think um, that's part of why I'm here. I, I guess I am more of like open to, to what, you know, whatever happens and to whatever I can like learn and see and, and grow from this. So, um, yeah, I think we'll leave it at that. That was the, that's kind of the background episode. And then, each each day, we'll check in with kind of we'll give you a round recap. Um, we'll talk about the courses um, and and talk see if I ever find the soul and the mystery of the game um, or learn about myself. Um, so until next time. Good morning. 
from Scotland. This is part two of the Scotland travelogue. Um, it's 9 a.m. in St. Andrews uh, in the Airbnb, sitting in a chair at a desk. Um, it's a cloudy day. There's lots of seagulls that can be heard um, really at, at all hours of the night. And I guess they never sleep. Um, before we get into, into the round, we have to talk about uh, the the set, like the club set makeup. I know everyone's really curious exactly which clubs I'm playing. I, you know, a proud purveyor of, of the short set. Um, so the, the, the set I've settled on at the end of the year here is actually nine clubs. Um, uh, driver, three wood. Um, and then from there I go to a, like a five iron that's bent. It's two degrees strong. So it's like a four and a half iron. Um, and then it's fair, you know, maybe some people might might not appreciate the next ring of clubs here, but I have actually a six, seven, and eight iron. So it's kind of like a consecutive bunch there without taking any out. I just found it, I used all those clubs, and it was really hard for me to, to ever hit a partial six iron. So um, I put the seven back in. Um, then I go pitching wedge, sandwich, putter, um, and that makes up the set. So yesterday we played our first round in Scotland at the St. Andrews Jubilee course. So this course is a course that basically runs parallel to the old course. So they use the same, you know, like the same, um, it's on the same land as the old course. Um, so you get very kind of, I would say a similar feel to playing the old course, although, although it's quite different the way the course is kind of set up. This course is, it's much narrower than the old course and there's lots of gorse, like gorse bushes, these big green prickly bushes where if you hit a ball in there it would uh you'd lose the ball so so there's this gorse that's like lining um lots of the holes so it makes it it's probably one of the hardest the hardest courses that i've ever played um yeah i guess in my life um so the front nine the front nine went well um front nine was shorter had lots of had lots of 300 and I don't know, 350 to 400 yard yard holes where there would there would be kind of these big pot bunkers sitting between um, 250 to 270 yards uh, from the tee. Uh, and the front nine is playing downwind. It all plays the same direction on the front nine. And so every hole you kind of have this decision of like, well, you can hit driver um, or you, you like lay back short with an iron. Um, and then also at the same time, you're you're like, if you hit it to a certain side of the hole, you then have like an angle to the pin, which is really important because the ground is so firm. So you have to, on a lot of the sh approach shots into the green, you have to land it short, especially downwind. So if you're on kind of the wrong side of the fairway, you could be blocked and not really have access to the pin. So that's like, to me, that's, just like my favorite kind of golf where you're deciding you have an option of what club to hit. You have an option of what side of the hole to hit. You're rewarded if you, you know, make the smarter play rather than just kind of the American golf way of just every single hole. You just grab driver um, and just try to hit it as far and as straight as you can. Um, but anyway, at the first hole, I drove the green uh, 337 yards, um, made a two putt for a birdie. Um, front nine, I'll just read the scores out. Three, four, five, four, three, four, 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 which if you're counting at home, it's 35, one under. Um, but again, it was, this was the easy side of the course. I probably didn't go far enough under par, um, which you'll find out here in a minute, um, why that's the case. Um, again, hit the ball great. It was a great nine. Um, Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, yeah, it was definitely the, like the easier side. I had lots of five irons off the tee, or four and a half irons, and then uh, we had like a wedge into the holes. Um, back nine, hole 10. So this is back nine, the, it shifts direction. So, so the coolest thing about these courses at St. Andrews is they all, um, the front nine is basically out. You're, you start in the town. You could walk to it from the town. Um, and so you can see all the buildings, and it really feels like you're in the town. And then you walk away from the town kind of towards the water. And as, you know, you keep playing, like, the town gets smaller and smaller. And by hole, 
eight, nine, ten, you can't even see it. Um, and then you turn in, in on the back way in, you're going back towards the town. So you can start to see it. It gets bigger. Um, it's really, really pretty fun. Um, hole 10, uh, 403 yard par four. It's into the wind. It's a slight dog leg right with, with out of bounds um, up the left side. So, and the wind was into us and off the left. Um, so a very difficult, very difficult shot uh, with that wind coming in left, but also out of bounds to the left as well. Or the wind's coming to the right, out of bounds is left. Um, I'd been driving good. I hit driver and it just didn't, it either didn't cut, the wind didn't grab it, um, maybe I was aimed too far, I don't know, I didn't, I, I, anyway, the ball was out of bounds, had to re-hit, um, and then, so of course, I just blasted my next one way right, uh, from there, I was kind of in, in the fescue, and then I missed the green left by just a little bit, like five yards left of the green, which is in some taller grass, but but based on where this was, this the left was like a little bit above the green, and the entire green was running away from me. And then after that, the other side, the right side of the green was like basically this massive false front, like those you see like Augusta National. So I had, I, I literally had no chance with the shot. So I hit the shot, rolled down. Now I'm 50 feet down a hill to the right of the green, chipping back up. Um, kind of at that point tried like the hero shot and it made it to the top of the ridge but then rolled back to my feet hit it again and then I made the putt from there okay so that and I'm hoping I'm remembering that exactly right but that would have been it was an eight it's an eight on the scorecard um so that would have, that was a tough one I you know, was feeling good one under to that point and then you make it eight um and so for for a minute there I was like oh man um you know, I thought I could have had a great round. Um, by the end of the round, so here, I, then back then, I went eight, five, six, five, five, six, four, four, four. That's a 47. So 35, 47 for 82. Um, this wasn't one of those rounds where, like, I had a couple of bad breaks and I... Uh, like lost it, or like lost my mind. It was just like the back nine was playing really hard, and I had a few bad breaks, um, and that maybe like maybe one or two mistakes. But I, I kept hitting the ball good. Like I hit hit really good drives all day. I was like really happy with how I hit it. I was like pretty happy with how I putt. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to explain it other than like it was playing really hard. Maybe I had zero. I was on like 24 hours plus of, of not sleeping because like you have to book the round the first day or else you're like your whole first day you're in Scotland after the time change is kind of, you're just kind of a zombie sitting around and doing nothing. So it's like, we had to play to kind of like keep us moving. Um, so that, you know, might've had something to do with it. Um, shot of the day um, on 17, all 17, uh, let's see, 199 yard par, three uphill into the wind I hit a bad shot left I was short left um and I had and, and to the left of the green were, were two bunkers so I had to uh go over one and like the pin was kind of in the middle and to the right of the two bunkers and and but the green was all sloping away to the left so I had to hit a high shot off a tight lie and it had to kind of like hit and kick to the right um if I hit it like a foot left of my line, it would uh, be in the other bunker that was kind of long because it would miss the ridge. And then if I hit it too far to the right, it would go like way down to the right. And and I hit it. I hit this like perfect flop shot and had this like cut spin, and it like it bounced perfectly and rolled down to the right five feet from the hole. Uh, missed the putt. Um, the most I was in lots of lots of bunkers. The bunkers I never had trouble getting out of them, but but the bunkers it's almost like a bunker that has like you know people complain about bunkers not having enough sand in them, 
you know, I'm definitely not complaining. So it's interesting. Like here's the most, you know, the most famous place to play golf in the world and their bunkers are, uh, you know, in, set up in a way that like Americans would complain about them. So, um, I, I need, I kept kind of like hitting behind and like slightly bouncing the club into the ball. Um, and so I wasn't able to hit it as close as I want to. Um, but I'll, you know, have to work on that for next time. Um, let's see. So again, one of the things we talked about yesterday is like here kind of searching for, for the soul of the game here to learn about myself. Um, yeah, rather than like trying to, to like shoot the best score ever. Like I'm always searching for parts of golf. I can tell, tell a better story. Um, talked on a podcast a few weeks ago about how, how a metaphor, these guys saying a metaphor is, is true because it communicates how the, the energy in the universe moves. The metaphor is, is true because it communicates how energy in the universe moves. So I think kind of like golf is like a metaphor in that way and that it, it helps us understand, you know, more about reality, you know, rather than the stories we tell. Um, and so in thinking about that, um, a few things that I've learned, um, that I, I learned I need a better, like pre-shot routine, um, especially here because the front nine was like so easy and smooth sailing and the back nine like switches and the wind completely changes. And then like, now you're hitting a bunch of drivers and it was just like completely different, um, it was just completely different. And so I, I was like, I only have so much mental energy for each shot. And I expended it, spent it like trying to figure out the wind and my line and all these things that I kind of like need to do. But I just ended up like not being able to put enough, I guess, like focus into my swing itself. Um, I think if I had shot even yesterday, it would have been the best round of golf I'd ever played in my life. Kind of maybe tells you how hard it is. I mean, just like the scores doesn't tell the story uh, yesterday um, at all, and maybe maybe it wouldn't uh, tell the story. You know, you know, anytime. Um, uh, I guess the one thing I learned, the thing I learned about the uh, the soul of golf is that I wrote down um, that, that at its core, golf is not a fair game. <laughs> Like I might, when I mean at its core, I mean like here in this place where like golf was invented, they've been playing golf here since the, you know, well, the old course since like 1500s, this course in the Jubilee course was in the 1800s. That's just not a fair game. Like it's not, it's not bowling. It's not where like the, the bowling alley where it's like the same every single time. It's like, um, it's like something that's just like not a fair game. Like this, as I said, this wasn't a day like hitting bad bad bounces and kind of losing it and, and not then not playing good after that. Like I just kept, I kept in it. I kept hitting like really good shots, but I just like kept hitting it in the wrong spot, kept hitting bad bounces um, and ended up shooting 82. Um, and, and that's, I guess that's okay. Right. It's okay that it's not a fair game. Um, but so often, I guess like so often we complain when we get a bad bounce or when it seems like it isn't fair or, or you know, it goes into divot, but, but like, here at this, the home of golf, um, it's, it's as obvious as ever. It's just like golf inherently isn't a fair game. So I guess like the better you can get at, at accepting that, uh, the better you're going to be able to play. Um, last, last topic is swing thoughts. Like what's going on in my head? Like how's the game? Um, driver, I have this swing thought that, that I lost and I stopped doing on hold 10 for whatever reason because I was too concerned about the wind, whatever. Um, I had just this feeling of, of swinging it with my arms first. Like my, my whole body and hips tend to, tend to rotate a takeaway, but I try to keep them still and swing my arms first. Um, and when I do that, it's really successful. I hit lots, lots of fairways, lots of really good drives. Um, irons, I, I've been like struggling with this like pull draw. Like I open my chest too quickly. Um, and when I, so when I focus on like keeping my chest down or, or keep my chest closed, I just like bail it way out to the right. Um, so that's actually like not a, a good thought for me. But, but with an iron, when I focus just on like where that club face itself is aimed um, and just like align my attention and focus to that, 
like I actually hit it pretty well. So that's kind of interesting that uh, with driver, I have this like technical swing feel of like something to do with my body. Um, but then with irons, at least when I do well, um, the focus is more on like the target. Uh, it's kind of confusing. I wish it wasn't that way, but that's just kind of how it is for today. Um, okay. So, t- so today, today we're driving, we're driving 20, four minutes south to play this course called London Links, which is an old Tom Morris design. The Jubilee course was Tom Morris design too. So um, we're, we're hitting up the Tom Morris hits here in Fife. So they call this place Fife. Um, goals, goals for today. Um, yesterday I had too many, like, too many like, hero shots, uh, you know, two or three of them. So I'm going to try not. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, we're in Scotland, so... Maybe we're not here just to play super safe. Um, but, but okay, the other thing is I need to think more about my approach shots and, like, if they miss. Because a lot of these greens are so tiny, it's, like, really hard to keep the ball. Like, if they miss, I need to, like, miss in a better spot. Um, but yesterday I did great at thinking through drives and thinking through how I was going to play the hole, but, but I didn't put enough thought into the approach shots and ended up missing in some places where you just literally had no chance of, of getting it up and down. Um, yeah. So, all right. That's the end of part two. All right. Welcome to part three, the travel log from Scotland. Part three, um, this covers a course called London links. The second round of the trip. Um, London golf club is, is about 20 minutes South of St. Andrews. This course was founded in 1868 by Tom Morris, old Tom Morris to be specific. Um, and then it was, it was actually just one course that then got split into two courses, um, London links and Levin links. Um, and this guy named James Braid redesigned it in 1909. Um, this, this course was a much better course than the Jubilee course, which we played yesterday. Uh, it was right on the water. The first four holes kind of go straight out along um, the sea with with the ocean on your left. Um, and it was really, really beautiful. I mean, you think about some of the most famous holes. I just think about, like, Pebble Beach, um, how exciting it is that those holes play along the water like here's just kind of a normal like an average scottish links course like there's nothing incredible about it um as far as like being famous or hosting major championships um but it's right along the water um so it's really cool um hole one let's see it was it was kind of a rough start hole one i let's see i hit three wood it's 403 yards hole i hit three wood to stay just short of a bunker. I missed the bunker by like one foot. Um, and, but then the next, and I was in this little, it wasn't really a divot. It might've been a, it might've been a divot, but it was like a very shallow divot. There wasn't, wasn't too much trouble, but it just wasn't like a normal lie. Um, and then, but the green was at least 30 feet uphill. And it was kind of like, like a crowned green. It was like one of those, um, Pinehurst type greens where like short is going to roll back 20 yards long. There's you're in the water basically, uh, right. You know, there's just no place to hit it. And, and there's like, it's straight into the wind, um, 150 yards uphill. So I feel like out of this weird lie, so you can't normally I'd try to hit like a low, low eight iron, um, to try to, uh, you know, keep it under the wind, let it kind of bounce up there, but like you couldn't bounce it up. So you had to fly it the whole way up. So I tried to hit pitching wedge as hard as I could and that didn't work out. It landed short and rolled back. And then I thinned that shot because then that was in like this nothing lie. And I thinned that one over the green and then I made six. Um, so double on that hole. Second hole, I hit five iron, 339 yards, hit five iron left into this fescue, and it was, like, sitting up in the fescue, and I swung and uh, swung and missed, really, first time I've done that, maybe ever. Um, the ball didn't go anywhere. It just, like, sat further down in the in the grass. So then I grabbed a sandwich, chipped it out. Maybe I should have done it the first time. It's fine. Um, 
then I hit that one off two putts for another six. Double, double start. That was a tough, uh, not the way you want to really, really get going. Um, all three. Um, hit driver, almost drove the green chip, tapped in birdie. So um, golf's a weird game in that in that way. Um, so six, six, three, then four, three, four, four, five, five for a 40. So 40. So four over. I finished four over after starting double-double. I like that one. Um, I played, my brother and I played match play today. I feel like match play is just a better, a better game to kind of focus on when you're playing, especially at a course, maybe at a new course or even at a course like Scotland where so you're not so just, I don't know, worried about these weird things that can happen to you. Um, the worst thing that can happen is you just lose a hole. Um, Whole going to the back nine, birdied 10. It's a great birdie. 10 is weird. 10 and 11 like shared a fairway. They, like 10 goes goes one direction, 11 goes the other, and they like, have the same fairway. So it's like kind of chaos because there just seems like there's people everywhere, which I suppose is an interesting feature. Um, yeah, so 10 went into the wind, um, birdied that 11, downwind, um, parred that, uh, and then went par. Bogey, bogey, oh, 14, 170 yard downhill par three. Like you end up going like up on this hill and so I can way downhill, probably um, like the range finder, like the slope adjustments. It was like 10 yards um, downhill, which is a lot. Um, but there are these trees on the right because like the course kind of pushes up against this, this forest and you couldn't, from the T-box, like you couldn't feel any wind. And I hit, uh, like a, a pretty good eight iron and and I, I, I you knew the wind was there you didn't know how much so i tried to aim like right into the green and i hit an eight iron and as soon as it got above the trees the wind just grabbed it and it felt like it pulled it like backwards I, it finished so short and left uh the wind probably pushed it uh 30 yards left and 20 yards short it was it was a, a wild shot and and even just like thinking back to like how would i hit that again when, when you can't feel the wind on the tee, but it was so strong, um, that was really, it's really interesting. Um, hole 15. Uh, we had some bunkers at 320, 320 yards out. It was really downwind. Everything rolls far. So I hit, hit three would to stay short of the bunker. I stayed just short of the bunker, but I was in like a massive divot. Um, and I was like 80 yards short of the green. And... This is one, kind of another one I didn't know what to do. I had, because um, it's like a partial, the, the best shot is like a partial half swing pitching wedge or eight iron to like run it up there. But you can't do that um, because you need to swing with more speed to get out of the divot. Um, so I tried to like chop punch this pitching wedge and it just didn't work. Ended up way short. So bogeyed that hole. Um, the next hole... Um, 280 yards, so it's just 280 yard par four, but there was kind of stuff in front of the green, so like a five iron that I hit really onto like the next tee box, which was really like pin high. It's a pretty cool shot there, uh, really tight lie. Um, I thought I'll just hit a nice high pitch shot, but that didn't work. I thinned that one way over the green, but then I hit uh, I hit that sh next shot really close to make make a par. Um, bogey 18. Uh, to shoot 38 on the back. So 40, 38, 78. We're in the 70s. We're making progress. Um, I didn't lose a ball. It was a successful day. Getting, getting more and more used to Lynx golf. I guess, like, if if you... I've been here, like, multiple times, and I still feel like, at least in these first two rounds, I was just, like, not, just not prepared, didn't know what to do in certain situations, which... Um, I kind of knew that going in, so I'm not super frustrated about it, but it still is like, oh, wow, I'm, like, playing certain shots and doing things, you know, a bit worse than I'm used to doing, um, which is okay. So it's like a learning experience. Like, I guess I'm just thinking back to, like, the course, the course, the conditions, like, being in Scotland, um, it's all just, like, so stimulated. Like, the hardest thing is just to, like, stay focused kind of on my swing and yeah, I guess on my swing. Cause I'm thinking a lot about, 
I'm thinking about the shot. I'm thinking about where to hit it. Um, and then I just sometimes like lose, I don't know, I guess lose, yeah, lose focus and make some, make some bad or maybe lazy, lazy swings. Um, as far as around Scotland, we, the, we ate dinner at the, the Jigger Inn, which is this inn off of the 17th hole of the old course of St. Andrews. So you can see, like, as you're eating, you can see, like, the people play their shots in on 17. Um, you can watch people, like, tee off on 18. You can really see for a lot of the old courses. It's a really, a really special place, really cool uh, to be there. Inside the clubhouse, there's lots of, like, signed hats by pros. And so we found Tiger Woods' hat. Uh, it's hanging on the wall. You're not allowed to try it on. Um, at the, in London Links, at the pro shop, I, it was kind of interesting because you have the same kind of people in golf, I suppose, everywhere you go. This guy was was convinced, he, he was in line trying to play, he was convinced that he booked the tee time and that he rented clubs. And and the woman who was, you know, running the register was like, we don't, like, we don't have rental clubs. Like, like, it would be impossible for you to have gotten rental clubs from here. And he's like, no, I paid, he's like, I paid 40 pounds for rental clubs. And he was so insistent that he paid for these clubs. He's like, I'm from Singapore. I'm not from here. Um, and he was like so insistent that he rented clubs. And, and she was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we don't have clubs. So it's like the kind, of, <laughs> the kind of thing that just seems to happen every day in golf pro shops of just people assuming they did something that, that obviously like they didn't do. Like <laughs> you could, wouldn't have paid for clubs at a, at a golf course that, that didn't have them. Um, at the end of the day, we we walked by, uh, you know, just by the old course again. Our, our Airbnb is really close to it, and we were watching people come in on 18. You can like sit, you can sit on the steps. It's, you can basically sit, you know, five five paces from the edge of the 18th green. Um, it was like a beautiful night, and just watch and hang out and. It's great. There's other people doing it, so people are like clapping when when people finish and things like that. And there's this guy. He had to be had to be around forty. He had all like Callaway Maverick clubs, so it's like he got he looked like a somewhat newer golfer that just like replaced. I mean, a whole new set. Um, and so he did that, um, and he he was taking himself very seriously. His, his wife was with him or, or girlfriend there who was walking, but uh, she wasn't playing because he was playing in a group with other people and he had a caddy. Um, he drove it up the right side. It's like on 18. It's like almost out of bounds. And he was a lefty and he hit, he probably had 150, yeah, 150 in, maybe a little bit less. He, and he thins it long, low. It's going long. He drops his club. Uh, makes a big show of it, but it, the ball goes past the green into the fescue long. And he is, he, you can tell by his body language, by how he's walking, he's like very, he's very not happy um, with himself. And he's very disappointed. And he gets, so he gets up and he, from the fescue and he hits a chip shot that, I mean, from how he hit it, it had no chance of staying on the green. So it like rolls, rolls past the hole. He's now off the green. You know, everyone else in this group is on. And so he's putting. He's putting from off the green. Um, and and he holds it. He holds this, like, 50-foot putt for par um, on 18 at the old course. And, like, people start cheering and clapping. And he he's, like, still just so mad. He's just, like, shaking his head. Um, didn't even smile. Uh, it, it was, like, such a... What a great attitude. I mean, you're you're playing like the old course and something weird happened to you, but then you made the awesome putt and he like was so still like so uh so mad and frustrated that he couldn't even enjoy that moment. So it's like um this is just perfect for this this podcast. I mean, it's like it's really, really hard to even get on the old course. Like we've been trying, you can type in like this online lottery, but we haven't gotten that. And um we met these people at the at the Dunvegan uh, which is this other um, this other pub that like near the old course where lots of you know golfers go, and they said that they were gonna do like line up. There's one thing you can do to get on the old course: you can stay overnight. Basically, you can you can line up really early, uh, 
to get in like the singles queue and they like fill in any gaps in the tee sheet with like single golfers. And there were people that were waiting starting at 6 p.m. the night before. So those people would have to wait outside. It's cold. I wait outside for 12, 13 hours just to play the old course. So like this guy has like probably a once in a lifetime opportunity to play the old course at St. Andrews. And, and he's just such a serious golfer that he, he couldn't even, uh, enjoy this like awesome putt he had to save par that like if it were me that that's like the story of the day um that's what golf's all about it's about the shots you hit two bad shots and then an amazing shot um and it, it doesn't matter like you don't have to hit everything everything perfect um so that's the story from today i guess don't be like that guy um even though we all are sometimes um so that's a good lesson um so, all right, we'll be back again tomorrow with part four. Hello and welcome to part four of the Scotland Travelogue. Coming to you live from a new location. We've left the town of St. Andrews and are in now on the west coast of Scotland in the region of Ayrshire. Um, we're near some, some great courses here with which you will hear about in the coming days. I'm coming to our, our Airbnb here in this town. is overlooking uh, really the sea. Um, I can look across the Isle of Arran. Um, it's pretty it's pretty great. I mean, this is only like $100 a night. Um, and we're on literally on the water. Um, it's pretty incredible. Um, so I'm outside. We're watching the sun set. Um, there may be a bit of wind going on, but I'll just give you kind of like the taste of Scotland. Uh, it's very windy here. Uh, our course for part four is called Ely. Um, it's technically called Ely Golf House Club or, or the Golf House Club um, is what it says on the scorecard and it's like at Ely. Um, kind of a confusing name. Uh, cool logo. It has a ship on it. Um, and this this course is a James Braid design. This is the one course we played on the trip that I've played before. We played this last time I was in Scotland. It was one of one of the favorites. Um, what sets this one apart is that there are sixteen par fours and two par threes on the course, um, which I mean is kind of ridiculous. I, I think it's it's really cool and quirky and interesting. And I mean the par fours they range from. The shortest one is 241 yards, and the longest one is uh, 436 yards. Um, the par threes are 131 yards and 204 yards. Um, so just really, basically no rules whatsoever um, about this golf course. I mean, it was designed, I imagine James Braid was like, this is, this is the course that belongs here. They're, you know, they used the ground... Um, they didn't move tons of dirt. They're like, this is what, what belongs here. We're not going to, you know, try to make it into anything that it's not supposed to be. And so I think that's a really, a really cool thing. I mean, I've never even heard of a course being designed in, in any manner close to this. I mean, couldn't imagine a course in America um, that, that if it had 16 par fours, people would think it was stupid. And they probably wouldn't, wouldn't go to it. But, but this, this was great. The 16 par fours two par threes adds up to a par 70. Um, and this, you guys, we found, we found a little bit of the magic at this course, the, the magic of the mystery of golf that we were looking for. Um, first two days, um, they, were, they were good courses. I mean, they, if, if they were in America, they would be some of the best courses ever. But kind of compared to these other courses, the, the, the Jubilee and the London were not, they're not really, uh, I would say, all-star level. Uh, they're a, an enjoyable day, um, but compared to some of these others, um, they're not quite um, as magical. Uh, the course, the, the, what, what's really notable about Ely, other than all of these, you know, par fours, is that there's there's so much like mounding and natural undulation where you're, you're hitting lots and lots of blind tee shots where there'll be like a marker pole in the middle of the fairway. You're just trying to go over the marker pole, and then it kind of kicks down towards the green, um, which to me is really, really exciting. I, I driver has been great, literally the best driving of my life on this trip. 
not the best golf of my life, but the best driving of my life, which, you know, if you know me and if you played with me, you'd say like, wow, if, if, if only I could like figure out my driving, then I, you know, I'd be shooting under par every time. But, but as we're learning, that is not quite the case. Um, the first hole, it goes like straight up a hill, Mount, I don't know, a mountain. I, I can't even think of something to compare it to. Um, bigger, those of you who played maybe Lasonia, like bigger undulation like, than, than that course. And they didn't even move the dirt um, to make these things. So, so the first hole actually has this like old, you know, almost like a submarine periscope that goes like 40 or 50 feet up in the air from the starter shack so they can see like over the hill and they can tell you like when the hole is clear and when it is time to go. Um, so that's a really kind of a cool feature. Um, hole one, we got off to a good start, right? Par, birdie, uh, bird, and birdied hole two. Um, hole three was a par three. It's downhill, 200, yard, 200 yards, um, but downhill a lot enough that like the adjusted, the rangefinder said it was playing 190 yards. Um, there was tons of wind this day. Um, to give you, like, on that hole, on the par three hole, I hit my three wood, which normally goes... 200 and 270 yards um 270 yards total uh i hit it into the wind and, and it went short of the screen so um definitely definitely lots and lots of wind um more so than we've had on any other day this trip um but for every hole that's into the wind you get one that's downwind so it's just a matter of can you survive the holes that are into the wind um, hole four, again, was into the wind. There's a, a pot bunker, a big one, like 230 yards away. It'd be 230 yards to clear it. I tried to play to the right of it, but I didn't, and it went, took a few bounces and went in it on a, on a well-struck drive. So it gives you a sense of, like, really how much the wind was affecting these shots. Um, if it's, you know, taking away 50 yards. Uh, on that hole, I, I hit it out of the bunker. And then I hit a, like an eight iron, just like the front edge of the green. And then I just like, I paused myself because I was going a little bit too fast. And I thought like, wow, like you could really, like you could three putt this if you're not careful. So like, like just pay attention to this putt. Next thing you know, the putt drips over the edge into the hole. There were people walking their dog on the course nearby, which, which is a thing in Scotland. And they, they like stopped and applauded for me. You know, I gave them a nice wave. It's great. Fans were coming out. I'm sure they were. They were fans of the podcast as well. They knew, you know, they knew I was out there that day. Um, the the rest of the front nine went well. I, let's see. The front nine, my scores were 4-3-4-4-3-5-4-4-5, bogeyed nine to shoot, to shoot one over. Um, it was great. I had nine. I was having to hit so many, like, partial eight irons, like 100 yards, and I have a hard time on the partial shots like keeping my body involved. So my arms like outrace them and I pull them to the left. That's what happened on nine. I couldn't get up and down, missed a putt. I felt like I could have made. Anyway, plus one at the turn, bogey hole 10, which should have been this easy hole, 278 yards. The wind just, it just ate my drive up. And then I had this like straight down hill, like a hundred yard shot. And I landed it at like 70 or 80 yards, like well short of the green. It just like bounced over the green long. Kind of had no chance uh, figuring out how to do that one. Um, hole 11 is 100. We get, you get out to this kind of this, uh, I don't, don't even know the correct geographical term, but it's like this corner of land where there's water really on all sides, you know, on both sides of the corner. So hole 11 gets down. You're low by the water, and there's, um, as you're teeing off, there's water directly behind you and water to the left of you. So it's like really... Like a great scene there. Pard that hole. Uh, 13 is maybe the best hole. It's like dog leg left. Um, and, and the green is like perched. And it's kind of like a, the road hole um, at St. Andrews. That green, that's where it's slanted. Maybe the opposite of hole 12 at Augusta. But it's like raised up. Uh, so it was really, really interesting. I hit um, wind was left to right. She did not want to go. Water was left. The water left kind of like Pebble Beach hole 18. Um, so I, kind of, I bailed out right. I was in fescue. It was thick fescue. I had 100 and, 150 yards, and I hit a 7-iron into the wind out of the fescue to about 20 feet, two-putted for par. That was definitely 
the shot of the day, that seven iron. Um, I just hit it dead, like dead straight. When it's into that much wind, if you miss it, you know, a little bit left or right, or you have any curve on it, the wind just like completely eats it up. I hit that one so good. Uh, it was a really fun, fun shot to hit. Um, the word of the day, I, I said, mentioned the magic that came out. Hole six, as I was, um, you walk up, like these holes that have these blind tee shots, it's really cool because once you get to the top of kind of the hill, so about, you know, 150 yards out on the hole, it then like, you see all this, this land or the water that was like blocked to you from the teeth. Like on the tee shot, you can't see the ocean at all, but then you get up to the hill halfway through the hole, um, and then you can just like see, you know, really like the water and the bay, and it's like, it's really, really cool. Um, well, on hole six, I, I wrote down the word, like it felt like a, I wrote down the word sacred, like S-A-C-R-E-D. Um, that, 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 that round or that place felt sacred. Sacred's kind of like a, you know, like a church religion type word, but it means, it means it's like set apart or it's like a very special, special place. And that's what, what Ely felt like. And that's what like, I guess golf in general felt, felt very sacred um, at that moment. Because it's one of the places where um, there's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like this unconditional thing. Unconditional are, are these like times where you do something like just for the sake of itself, where, where it's not, you're doing like a conditional thing is like you brush your teeth so you don't get cavities, um, right? You go to the doctor, so you stay healthy. Like, these are important, you look both ways so you don't get hit when you cross your feet. Like, these are all important things. Um, to do that, that keep you alive. But then there are these moments in life that like don't have the, like the condition attached to them. I mean, you go to your job so you'll make money. Um, you, you know, you watch Netflix so you'll be entertained. Like there's all these things that are, um, you're just kind of like looking for something else, and it's okay. They're not bad things, but, but golf, for some reason, especially in these these amazing courses in Scotland, um, it's like there there's nothing else that matters. It's not really like an accomplishment that can come with it. I suppose I could shoot 10 under, but, but plenty of people shot 10 under before. I, you know, I wouldn't have won any money for it. Um, the course itself in Scotland, like to be a member is like 2000, if you're local, it's like $2,000 a year, which is, is nothing for, for a year of golf. And they play year round. Um, so it's the courses themselves aren't necessarily like set up to make tons of money. They don't have these fancy pro shops. Like we have their, they have some food, but it's not really about the food. Um, and so it's just like this own place, like golf itself. You're going, it's kind of chilly. It's windy. Uh, there's a bit of, there's a bit of like suffering built in, right? Of like, you hit a bad shot, you have to go find it. Um, you have to deal with, with your own demons, your own worries and your doubts and your fears. Um, all these things that you're like choosing to do them when you're playing golf. Um, which if you can acknowledge that, I think makes it, um, a, you know, a holy place and, a, and a, definitely a very valuable thing to be doing. I mean, especially at this course, you have the thrill of like hitting a drive over what felt like a mountain, um, seeing the ball roll out 50, 50 plus yards. Uh, these just, again, these hills over and over, like up and over something, revealing water, revealing beautiful sights. Um, yeah, it's just, it was really, really special. Um, didn't finish. The back nine, back nine scores went five, three, five, four, three, three, four, five, four for another one over for plus two on the day. So scores are getting better, better each day. Um, this one, yeah, was a better day. I was definitely hitting it better. Um, more notes about golf from the day. Um, golf is not like this place. This is like a place that almost felt feels like something out of like Yosemite National Park where people would take a hike to it. But, but, but it's not just a hike because you're also doing something else. Um, there's, you're more engaged in, in a hike. There's like, like you go on the walk and it's, it's very nice, but in any, like you get to the thing you're trying to see. So it's almost, there is some journey, but it's also like very like destination based. I suppose that depends on what type of a hike you're taking. Um, I wrote, it's not just a game, which like, it's not just about the score you shoot. That is a part of it. It's your goal. But there's when when there's some of the most beautiful nature you've ever seen right next to you. It's like why, like the fact 
that I've got this ball in the hole in four shots or five shots, like doesn't seem that important. And also it's not like, it's not hanging out with friends. I mean, it is, there's friends, there's, there's family with you, but um, there's so much more to it than that. Cause you guys are doing something together. Like um, at least for me, if I'm hanging out with people and we don't necessarily have a purpose, we don't have something we're doing together. I kind of get bored and, and tend to check out. So apologies. You're one of my friends listening to this. Um, golf is just a place where you can be with yourself, where you can face challenges, experience thrills. You can appreciate the beauty of the world. I mean, how many activities have this type of a thing? And so I think one of the things I'm finding on this trip is that, that golf is so unique and that it can have all of these things. And even if we're home in a different country or in a course that we played over and over, these things are still there. And, and it, maybe it takes going on a trip like this to help you realize it and appreciate it. Um, last note, swing thoughts this day. The drive, my driver swing is so good. I, I feel confident in hitting the ball exactly where I want to. Everything else, not as good. Um, usually it's the opposite for me. So uh, this is a, kind of a confusing time in my golf game. Usually I'm really good at recovery. I'm really good at irons. I can hit good, you know, good pitch shots from tough locations. Um, that's not happening quite as much um, lately. And I, I've been thinking about the swing and how maybe the things that, the things that made me, the parts of my swing that made me really good at hitting irons, like hitting down on it, getting maybe in front of the ball, having the fast lean. Um, all these things make me would make me really good at irons, actually make you not very good at driver. And so now when I'm hitting driver, um, the things that are that are helping me be good at driver are actually making my swing with the irons not, not feel quite as good. My chest feels like it's opening like way too quickly. Um, I don't have enough right side bend that impact if that means anything to you. Um, so we're still exploring. We're still working on it. Um, I think it's just learning. Like maybe I'm learning the need to calibrate, um, like both swings. I think people have asked me before, like if the driver swing, the iron swing, the same, and then it. I want to say it kind of. For some people, I would say yes because it would keep it simple and keep them from overanalyzing things. But but now I'm thinking that maybe for other people, the answer might be no. That they're kind of different things, and you kind of need to feel. A different thing, maybe it's just the feel of hitting the ball up in the air with the driver versus versus down with an iron. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We have three. We have three more rounds left on this trip. Um, the one downside, one downside of the trip is that the, the first three courses, at least, they've been they've been like pretty busy, like booked full of times before us and after us. Um, which feels a bit crowded at times. There's like tee boxes are like right next to the greens. Um, and, you know, the first two years I was here, like it just wasn't that busy. We like never had to wait for a shot. We never had people like coming up behind us. So it kind of felt like we were like exploring this land um, that, you know, was brand new to us. Um, but this time there's just, there's just more people around it. It feels like, um, like golf, I don't know, golf Disneyland, which I suppose is, is a cool thing, right? Because Disneyland is awesome, but when it's like, when it's a little bit too crowded, it's like, oh, it's a little bit crowded here. That's a minor nitpick. Um, I think it's because of COVID, like canceled two years of trips. Like it's really hard to get out of the country the last two years. So like all these people who like prepaid for things are just like rebooking it probably this year and next year. So, um, so maybe that will change going on. Um, the other thing I've noticed is that there's uh, a lot of like the golf brands that I really like, like Jones Golf, like the Jones Golf Bag, um, these things that I thought like not that many people knew about or liked. They seem like this like new, like hipster thing in golf, but like at a place like St. Andrews where you see lots of golf, you see lots of people carrying their bags, like lots of people have Jones bags. Like there's a guy at, at dinner last night in St. Andrews, like sitting up at the table next to us who had uh, like wearing a Sand Valley pullover. 
you know, Sand Valley, Wisconsin, it's like kind of like people, there's a certain age, 30 and 40 year old guys in golf who like to travel um, and like golf, just like go on trips to like all these same places and buy pullovers and polos with the logo on it and then wear it, you know, to other places. I'm being a little conscious of, I don't, I don't have any, you know, logo gear. So I'm golf practice, of course, golf practice polo, hat each day, golf practice towel, golf practice head cover that I won with my teammates, Chris and Peter on our staff trip. Um, so all those things have been working very well for me. Um, all right, I think that's enough for today. I will check back in with you next time for part five. Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Well, here it comes. <laughs>